This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always an honor to talk with the leader of the premier legal organization fighting for racial justice, the Legal Defense Fund, LDF. President and Director Counsel Janae Nelson joins us once again on Make It Plain. Janae, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Just fine. Always a pleasure to see you. You were at the White House discussing with the Vice President Kamala Harris what we've got to do in terms of uh, both abortion rights and voting rights. Tell our audience why the two are interconnected. That is such an excellent question because. We have often repeated the words of the Supreme Court from 1886 that says the right to vote is preservative of all right, Mm -hmm. which means that there is not a right that we enjoy, not a privilege that we rely upon that doesn't somehow connect up to the right to vote. And that is because it takes the courage, it takes the determination and consistency of our elected officials to ensure that those rights are actually honored and effectuated and fully funded if needed and fully protected. And we need to make sure that we voice our desire for reproductive rights, for choice, for freedom, for access to healthful and equitable health care, all of those things, and especially for Black communities, when we go to the ballot box. All of that is on the ballot when we cast a vote because we are voting for the people who are going to enforce our rights and hopefully protect them. Can it also be said that those, particularly, well, obviously women, whose bodily autonomy has now been compromised, those same women are also the very ones that are most targeted and besieged by voter suppression? Absolutely. Black women show up in disproportionately high numbers in our elections. They have really carried the platform of the Black community 
in the past several elections in very powerful ways. They have been decisive votes in some counties and and even in some states. So the targeting of Black women and Black people more generally is not by coincidence. We know that the voter suppression tactics that we've seen as a tidal wave across the South and in other parts of our country have a mark and a target that is aimed quite, quite directly at Black people and I would say Black women. And this issue of reproductive rights um, has the threat of absolutely setting the progress of Black women back in just untold ways. If we think about the educational attainment that we've been able to achieve because we can determine if and when we have families, if we think about the economic freedom that we've been able to attain because we can make those decisions for ourselves. All of that is at risk now, depending on the state that you live in, and maybe depending on the fact that you are just a resident of this country, if a national ban were to move forward, all of that is at risk. And that not only endangers Black women directly, but it endangers Black communities as a whole, because we are certainly at the foundation of the strength and health of of, of our communities. We've been in this fight against voter suppression, obviously, for some time. You've been at the forefront of it. It's 2020. In in terms of what we're facing, really, in just a few weeks from now in November, less than a couple of months away, would you say that we are better prepared than we've been in the past when it comes to voter suppression and, and voter preparation? Or have we lost some ground? What What kind of is the state of where we are right now? Well. I think in many ways we are better prepared because we have so many organizations. We have national organizations like the one I have the privilege to lead, the Legal Defense Fund that's been around for 82 years fighting for voting rights. And we have so many local organizations that are on the ground in particular communities in regions across the South, like Black Voters Matter and other local organizations that are doing not only voter registration, but turnout and education. So I think we have the tools and the apparatus. And what we need now is the willpower to overcome the voter suppression that we know exists. What we need is the planning and preparedness on the part of individuals in our community to know right now whether they are registered to vote, to know where their polling place is, to know who's on the ballot, to know whether there are any ballot initiatives they need to vote for. And this is information that we can help them attain. You can go to voting.org, NAACPLDMVoting.org, and get information about where to register to vote or what the voting laws are in your state. The key here in this upcoming election, like any other, is to be prepared, to know what your voting plan is, whether you're taking some time off to work that day, whether you need child care, whether you're going with your, your church community the Sunday before, or with your mosque at some point during the early voting period, whatever your plan or strategy is, we need to all have one in order to make sure that we elect the right people to represent us in these midterm elections. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. LDF has also weighed in specifically on a case in Alabama, correct? Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. We have a case that we will be arguing before the Supreme Court on October 4th. We have a lovely young brother who has become our voting rights guru and education guru over time. His name is Duell Ross, and he will argue for the first time before the Supreme Court representing Alabama voters who have been disenfranchised because of the way in which the congressional district lines were drawn in Alabama. And we know that when our numbers increase, when we have increased voting power, we often become the direct targets of racial gerrymandering and foul redistricting tactics. And that threatens our voting power that threatens our ability to coalesce as a community and elect our candidates of choice and to make sure that our interests are being adequately represented. And Alabama is an egregious example of how that voting power and that political strength has been undermined. Now, there's another case that is giving us all a great deal of anxiety. I believe it's more of the Harper in this independent state legislature theory and whether or not they can do whatever they want to do with electors. All right, is LDF involved in that one as well? Have you all gotten involved in that one? Yes. Moore versus Harper, that's a result of a Louisiana case, sorry, a North Carolina case. And it is a threat to how we think about the power of state courts to resolve election disputes. It is a made-up theory. That's the thing to know first and foremost, that it is a made-up theory about what the limitations are on state courts to decide what's right or wrong in elections. It says that the Constitution limits the ability to state courts of state courts to make those decisions. But what we know is that Courts have always been the decision makers on how we interpret law, on whether something is illegal or not, whether it complies with the Constitution, whether it complies with a statute. And what this what this case seeks to do is leave the final decision to legislatures without any review from courts. And that is a extraordinarily dangerous outcome because legislatures are by nature political bodies. They are animals of partisanship, and they are only going to work in support of the party that is the majority in any given legislature. At least that's how our politics have worked in our modern history. So that's something that threatens not just the voting rights of Black people, but of all people, and frankly, undermines our entire democracy. When you met with the vice president, you had signed on to a letter, Janae, raising some of these concerns, the relationships, relationship between abortion rights, voting rights. Are you, after that meeting, are you comfortable with the response and support and solidarity, if any, the White House is giving, the Biden administration is offering? 
Well, I can tell you, I was extremely, extremely happy to hear President Biden make the commitment and Vice President Kamala Harris reiterate the commitment to override the filibuster when it comes to passing voting rights legislation. So what many people may not know is that in order to pass legislation in Congress, you need a supermajority, not just your 50 plus one, a basic majority. You need a supermajority in order to pass legislation. And that's what the filibuster is. It's an antiquated, racist relic of the past that was meant to deny the advancement of civil rights legislation and to make it more difficult to change the laws of this country and to really reinforce white supremacy. We have argued not only is the filibuster as a whole just something that we should get rid of, but especially in the context of voting. When we're talking about legislation, laws that will protect the right to vote, we should be able to pass those laws with a bare majority. And the president has made a commitment to do that. Vice President Kamala Harris has said that if we are able to elect a Congress that is cooperative and is on board with passing broad federal protections of the right to vote, then the president will stand behind that and we will hopefully get the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act passed in the name of former Congressman John Lewis, who is also a foot soldier in Selma, where I often see you, Mark. It is something that is absolutely necessary for us to preserve our democracy. We must protect the right to vote. We must restore the Voting Rights Act and we must make sure that Black people have an opportunity to exercise the growing political power that we have. Ladies and gentlemen, there is direct relationship between voting and voting rights and voter suppression and abortion rights and women's bodily autonomy. If people are not able to vote, if people don't vote, even if some of us are still apathetic, we can't complain when these decisions are made. And also at the state level now, because what are they saying? They want the states to make these decisions. For a lot of us, especially when President Obama was president, we thought the only thing we need to vote for was president. But we need to look at all these races up and down the ballot. When we vote for state legislators as well, that affects redistricting and gerrymandering. So everything is important. Everything is on the table. The Legal Defense Fund is our check and balance when it comes to the courts. We do a lot of fighting in the streets and protesting, but as Thurgood Marshall ex established uh, and as Janae's great predecessors established the, the John Paytons of the world, God bless his soul, Sherilyn Eiffel and others. They have continued to be that check and balance. LDF has continued to be that check and balance in the court system. And that's where this fight also has to take place. We have to cover all the fronts. Uh, Janae is practically brand new in her position, but she is a veteran in this struggle and eminently qualified to be in her position. We are so proud that she is in that position. Janae, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And let's stay in close touch. You know, I'm at your service. Thank you, Rev. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. 
If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.